We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K and K. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Value Add with K&K. Today, we have Billy Borgia on the show, who's actually my uncle. But um, so my uncle Billy is a entrepreneur. He owns three franchises of Orange Theory Fitness and soon to be a yoga studio. That's like a new concept um, that we're excited to hear about today. So um, Uncle Billy, thanks for coming on. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Billy. Um, before we jump in, I just wanted to <clears throat> say something. So I've known, um, just to kind of get it set off, set the tone for kind of the guy Billy is. So I was talking to Chrysalis. I've known Billy for like 10 years now because Coco and I have been together 10 years as of January. And um, you're just kind of this person that is, to me, is even though your ups and downs have been inconsistent, you're – just a consistent, positive, like outgoing, generous, like just somebody when I think of somebody that I would want to like emulate, mm. it'd be like you. And I was telling Crystal what's cool about somebody like you is that's why it's awesome to have you on is the all the crap that you've been through in 10 years. Yep. It's somebody could see you now or they could have saw you at your lowest and they might not know things were different just the way you are because you're positive and you – like the story we were just talking about, the you know the pebble in your shoe. Um, so I just kind of wanted to like set the tone before this conversation. That's just kind of how like I envision you, and that's the kind of guy you are. And I have nothing but like major respect for you. Mm, awesome, thank you, Kate. Appreciate that. Yeah, you two both know my journey very well, and um, yeah, wow, it's been uh, it's been a decade. Time has flies. It's really cool yeah. to see how far you've come now too. Yes. Um, and that's kind of like that's to awesome. start. Like um, obviously. Like our first kind of question is, you know, kind of like anybody here, but just kind of give a background, whatever you want to say on your life, mm. um, how you got here. And then also, you know, as quickly as possible, life and being an entrepreneur and, you know, how you're here. It's 2019. It's what, March 1st, which is crazy. And like how you got here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so actually, prior to meeting you, Kenny, 10 years ago, Things kind of fell apart for me. The deck of cards, if you will, came came tumbling down in my life. Um, I was married, had two young kids, uh, owned a house, a you know, nice little house, uh, and um, was an owner and operator of a martial arts studio. Uh, mm-hmm. But I had an idea about a concept about um, taking the things that I do in my martial arts studio and how I've impacted so many kids' lives. I used to be a regular speaker at a lot of schools in La Jolla, so I'd go there annually, take a team of kids, do demos, and speak to them about things like bullying and inappropriate touching and back-to-school safety and things like that. And I thought to myself, wow, how can I duplicate my efforts, right? Well, let's do some video. So long story short, I was able to, to raise some money, bring some partners together, and um, but we went in a different direction, went in a different direction, because at that point, it was really about a faith-based character that had these ensemble uh, group of kids that were going to go out and teach kids about the importance of, of having integrity and being honest and things like that, but still embedded in their, my character being a mentor to these kids, right? Mm-hmm. I could reach more kids that way. Um, but I ended up going in a totally different direction on doing videos on child safety. And so 
as noble as that that was and is, right, and teaching kids about safety, uh, I could have really casted my net much further if I would have stayed the course with my original um, vision. And so what ended up happening, went down that course about a year into it, I realized we were in trouble. And my two major investors pulled out. And before we before we finished production, they pulled out, and um, I knew then a little nest egg saved up and started drawing off that to cover our shortfall. One thing led to another, mortgaged my house to the hilt, and then pulled both our kids out of private Christian school they were attending at the time, and um, our ship was taken on water real fast. And so anyhow, what it ended up happening is uh, we ended up losing everything. And my wife at the time just says, I'm done, I want a divorce, and uh, the house, we lost the house to foreclosure. Um, pulled both kids out of private school. We'll go from a four-bedroom house to a one-bedroom apartment. And uh, you may or may not know this. For three days, I lived in my car with my dog. And my no, sister, my I, oldest sister, wow. Lydia, knew, heard about it. She says, you're not going to stay on the street. And I said, well, I can't afford to pay you anything. I said, I don't want to be a burden. She just goes, no, you, my brother's not going to stay on the street. Just come and stay here as long as you need to. And so um, I, I look back at that time in my life as being broken, broken. Do you, literally, think was, do you think that was the lowest part of your life? It was for the, for the fact of how it affected my two kids and their mom. Mm-hmm. I've been lower as an individual, but that was the lowest by far when you're because husband, of how it affected their husband lives. husband and a dad and all that. And a dad, right, right. You know what I mean? Because here's the thing. You know, when relationships are severed, in this case, a, a marriage, and you have kids, you know, the kids don't get a choice whether mom and dad stay together, right? They don't yeah. get to choose, right? That's true. And unfortunately... Uh, adults expect their kids to handle this and behave like adults while they behave like kids. And so it's, it, was, it was a real, real eye-opener for me being broken, broken. But I had to, I had to really quickly, really quickly um, keep my grieving secret and in silence and not let my kids see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were looking for their dad to pull, pull, pull us up out of, this, out of this ditch, if you will. You know, because uh, their mom you know, didn't work a lot. She worked a little bit. But I was totally supporting the family. And so it rocked their world. It rocked their world. Do you remember what year around this was? Yeah, that was 2000, right before the bubble burst. It was like 2007. Okay. Yeah, I remember. 06, 07. Yeah, Yeah, and in that same year, right? 12 years, okay. Yeah, in that same year. Uh, my mom died, grandma, you know, mm-hmm. so and and uh, so anyhow, it was it was tough. But here's the thing, though, in the as difficult as that was when 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 I was left standing there, pretty much again, broken, broken. Two things that stand out to me today mm-hmm. stand out to me is that 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 helped me through that. It was my faith and it was my family, my faith and my family, you know, and that at that, that, the end of the day, that resonates loud right to this day. And it always will. And so, you know, it's why um, for me today, now I'm committed just to pouring into people. Yeah. People ask you all, people get asked the question all the time, what's your passion? What are you passionate about? Right? Find your passion and pursue that, right? Because desire is what, what gets us to do the things we do. I'm going to go surf. I desire, I'm going to go surf, or I'm going to play the guitar, I'm, whatever. But passion really goes a long way. It's to feel behind the desire that can take you as far as you want to go. As soon as that passion dies, it's like the vision dies, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but for me now, I'm just committing to pouring into people and helping people, you know. And then, um, so when did so when did you kind of? I know when I it was around that time that you had the the fitness studio. I used to work out yeah, with you in La Jolla. Yeah, and so kind of like walk us through. So when you kind of were, you know, that happened. You're kind of moving up 
you're it's like almost the next chapter of your life. That's I feel like yeah. it is the next or chapter or another book or whatever. Right, right. And so you know what you know throughout this conversation, I'm gonna share my faith because ultimately that's my foundation for everything I do. Absolutely. And so um, I immediately started just I owned it. I said to God, I said, God, this is my fault. You know, I own this. I mortgaged the house. I took a huge risk. I violated a principle that I heard a keynote speaker at Biola University say years prior to that. He said it was a weekend seminar, and he goes, if you take in anything away from this weekend, take this. He says, do not compromise your family or your faith on the altar of success and achievement. And, that, and, and when, when that happened, when our family broke and lost the house, I remembered his words. It was like God just said, you compromised a valuable mm-hmm. principle. And so I'm committed to no, ever, no longer compromise the things that matter the most, mm-hmm. right? Because when, when I was broken, broken, what mattered the most was my relationships. They were still intact. You see what I'm saying? They were still intact. And so I could be a millionaire today or I can be broke tomorrow, but I'm successful if my relationships are intact and the strength thereof. And so that's – So that's like what um, – so your mindset's that. So that's what, like, when you're down, when you're down and out, your mindset. That's where you keep going to that place over I, and over and right, over and over. Right, right. I, I, I go to, I go to my faith, yep. and then I, and then I move on. And so what happened is that um, I always maintained a, a, um, a small clientele in personal training, right? Because mm-hmm. that was my background initially, mm-hmm. martial arts and personal training. Yeah. But I sold my martial arts studio, so I still did some personal training, just kind of as my, as my fallback. And good thing I did that, right? I had, mm-hmm. I had the presence of mind to do that, and. Um, a lot of my clients brought me other clients, and then I opened that small studio, and, um, and things started to grow from there slowly but surely. So in three years, in three years, not only was I running the little, that, that fitness studio, mm-hmm. um, I was also teaching classes at the sporting club, but then I had two guys uh, recruit me. I didn't know, and they said, hey, look, we'd like to meet with you, and I'm like, sure, I met with them. And they're like, what's up? And I said, well, I said to them, what's up? And they're like, well, we have this little karate studio over here, La Jolla Karate, and uh, we keep asking around town, you know, we need to find someone to run this studio, who, and your name kept coming up. <laughs> I'm like, okay, how can I help you? And they said, we'd like to see if you would be willing to come run this studio for us. And I'm looking at him, and the Lord just said, you know what? You've been praying for me to, to provide for you. I'm providing for you. And the cool thing about it, as I reflect back on my life, is that even though you may find yourself broke and or broken, the things from your past— Okay, can always be used to propel you towards your future. And so my experience, in this case, my experience as a martial arts instructor, and I was like, I was kind of done teaching martial arts at that time. I remember, yeah. Yeah, but these guys made me an offer, and I countered back to them, and they gave me everything I asked for. Wow. And so I found myself working three jobs, running a martial arts studio. But in three years, in three years, I was close to earning a six-figure income and being able to catch up on Were support. Were you living here at the time? So, yeah, when did you meet Aunt Julissa? So during yeah. that time, I met her about a year after my, my breakup with yeah. uh with, So you were doing all ex. this when you were with Aunt Julissa? Right. So okay. then... But you're, we, you're commuting too. I was commuting. So when we got married, uh, she was living in San Clemente, so I moved up there, right? And um, and I would commute five to six days a week from San Clemente to La Jolla. Yeah, every day. Yeah, to yeah, La Jolla. Right? Like, Monty's yeah. like, holy smokes. Yeah. yeah, and so, but you know what, though? Um, <laughs> no, he, that's literally, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, so it, it, things were starting to move. Things were starting to move. And then I said something else. I, 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 I said to God, I said, you know, God, I, I, I'm in my, my late 40s. By the time I turn 50, might you give me an opportunity to either 
be another business owner or run an organization. I've been an entrepreneur most of my adult life, right? right? And I said, um, but if you would do that for me, I would commit my life to helping and serving other people. And uh, it was in it was in 2012 that a buddy of mine in Boca Raton, Florida, calls me up and says, "Hey, Billy, I got this. Uh, I got this." Um, this uh, bid come across my desk I got a bid on for this company called Orange Theory Fitness. Have you heard of them? I said, no, I haven't. What is it? And he goes, well, I think they're onto something big, dude, and they're going to revolutionize group fitness. And what year is this? And this was the end of 2012. Wow, so that was pretty early for group no, no, fitness. No, no, yeah, but I remember early. you you were talking about it early. Like, yeah. It was yeah. Early, yeah. Yeah, it was 2012, like, de- like November, Six December. Years. Yeah. yeah. And so I said, hey, look, I can't go out there. I'm working three jobs, you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. eight days a week. And so, um, but let me know when they come to California. So he calls me like a couple months later. He goes, hey, I'm flying on a plane. I'm headed out to California. We're opening the first Orange Theory in Newport Beach. Really? Okay, cool. Well, hit me up when you're out there. I go up there on a Saturday. The build-out's done. The equipment's in. I walk in, and right away, I just said, Lord, I want to do this. I want to do this. And um, I just I just lifted you just it up. Knew. You and, knew, huh? Yeah. I said, I want to do this. These guys are onto something big. And then I, I presented to who's my business partner today, Brian, who was a client of mine for many years. And he goes, well, let's go do a class, Bill. So we did. And after the class, everybody files out. We're standing in there. And he turns to me. He shakes my hand. And uh, he goes, Bill, I'll do this with you. Wow. I said, it was really? like, I didn't know it was like that. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. goes, Bill, I'll do this with you. I go, why would you do that, Brian? Why would you, why, why, why would you do that? He goes, well, first of all, I like you. And I think that you just, you just, you know, you had a rough patch there. And um, you just need, you need a break. You need a chance. That's and awesome. somebody helped me out. At that time, I was 15. He goes, somebody helped me out 15 years ago to start my company. And we all know he's a super successful guy, yeah. right? So he's paying it forward kind of thing. So, very cool. He goes, so but awesome. I have no desire to run it. You're going to run it. I said, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Let's do this. So anyhow, in fairly short order, we, we contacted Orange Theory. We were awarded some licenses, um, drafted up the partnership agreement, boom, memorialized the whole deal. And then Lisa threw me a 50th birthday. You guys may remember. Yeah. And we were down at that restaurant in, um, in La Jolla. and um, Piotti, right? yeah, yeah, in La Jolla. And she threw me a 50th. And I remember going up there to speak. And there's Brian, my new business partner, sitting there. And the Lord goes to me, you need to tell them. I go, tell them what? I answered your prayer. I'm like, holy cow, you're right. And I said, hey, before I go any further, and I was getting all choked up. I said, you know, about four or five years ago, I just started – Asking God to give me an opportunity to own another business, to run an organization. I remember you. Now I'm, it's re, I'm coming yeah. back. Yep. And I said, uh, here it is, my birthday, May 26th. But last month in April, we uh, we signed a deal to um, bring the first uh, ever Orange Theory Fitness franchise to Southern California, San Diego. So I'm getting on a plane in June, and I'm going to be going back for training. And you know what? It was every step along the way, it's been like that since losing everything and just getting on my face before God and just owning it. And he spoke to me ever so gently and says, I can work with this now. I can work with this. And I've been committed in my faith ever since. I mean, I had been walking with God and going to church about 20 years prior to. But I was playing church. You know, I I was going. I had moments. Don't get me wrong. I had moments where I was all in. But but when it came to business, like, hey, God, what do I do about this? And if I didn't get an answer, I would just go. And try to bring him along the journey, right? Yeah. Make it work. Make it work, yeah. right? Like I, I tell, I'm part of the business leaders committee at the Rock Church, and one of the things I showed with them, I said, because someone asked me a question, what's the difference between the Billy then, when you lost everything, and the Billy today? I said I used to try to pray God's will for what I was doing, but now I, I pray. I need confirmation before I move. Before I move, 
I want to be as willing because I don't ever want to experience being broken, broken again. And so, and you know what? He hasn't let me down every step of the way. And so, so now we got three studios, right? Crazy. He answered, yeah. And that was, you know, coming up on six years now. We just opened UTC. And um, how, how is that from um, one of the things for me is like, I was going to ask you, you've got three studios. Yep. Obviously, you're super busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you got, I don't know how many people working for you, but what's your biggest, um, what's your biggest mistake you've probably made, you know? And yeah. then what's your biggest um, accomplishment by like starting this, you know, starting the studios, owning them. Now you've been doing this for a while, but what's the biggest mistake and what's the biggest accomplishment you felt like personally you made through all this? Yeah, you know, it's... Um you know, there, there's there's a saying by John Maxwell, one of my favorite authors and speakers. I love and he John says, Maxwell. He's amazing. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. great. And my and, interview. Yeah. And he says, you know, people don't care about what you know till they know how much you care. Yep. And, you know, I'm considering myself a real caring person. And sometimes I, I, I allow my, my caring, if you will, to get in the way um, of, of making the – right better decisions if you will mm-hmm. nothing major you know since this since you know being in business now uh because I, I generally care about the people that 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 i have stewardship over right it's almost a little bit of emotion in your decision rather yeah. than just like business yeah and yeah. so i i've i've gotten much better at that i've gotten much better at that and um it hasn't it, it, you know it hasn't been to the point where it's, it's hurt the business or anything like that because because you know, one of the things I learned in life is that um, one of the greatest pains I think that, that, that we can feel as a people is the pain of a severed relationship. And what's worse yeah. Yeah. is when a relationship is severed and it's not on your terms. That's where it makes more mm-hmm. – it's even more yeah. painful, right? I, I, I mean my divorce, I didn't want it. I begged her, please don't break this family up. You know, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and that's that's painful. It's not in your terms. You know what I mean? And so, and same goes for business, right? You know, I've been in relationships. That company I was with, four of the partners, you know, I, I don't have, I do not have a relationship with any of those people today. You know it's what crazy. I mean? And, and that's okay, but uh, I wouldn't change one step except for maybe take the pain that my kids had to go through. Yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't change one thing if it not meant me not being in this chair today talking about what we're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, three businesses, startup company, we got about 60 employees. Once wow. we opened the yoga studio, we'll have about 75. Wow. Um, and, uh, man, it's just been, uh, I love that I get to do what I do. I love that I get to wake up every morning, acknowledge my creator and say, what are we doing today? Do you feel like this is, um, do you feel like this is just your passion? Like, yeah like fitness in these studios because you walked in that one day you're like this is what I want to do so this is just my passion so you get to wake up every day just like you're like excited to wake up you're I, excited you know people go I hate Mondays you're like I love Mondays I am you love them I love it yeah. I love it I love it you know um, but but again as, as I'm sure you both you know there are things um, as uh, as entrepreneurs working entrepreneurs right um, that um, that uh have a responsibility or greater responsibility um, and where we have to be intentional with how we manage our time. And I think that's something that I've, I've, I've gotten better at and, and continue to improve at because I had to make a shift. If you remember when I first opened La Jolla Orange Theory, I was one of the coaches, right? Yeah. yeah. And there was, there was no one in the network around the country that was an owner and taught classes too. 
but I loved being in the trenches with the people. I loved it. I would get fired up when I would coach, right? But I knew there was going to come a time where I was going to have to give up the mic and just be focused strictly on, on, on running this organization, right? And so I did that about two years ago. I gave up the mic. And um, do I miss it? Absolutely. Was that a tough transition for you, like from working in your business to working on your business? Yeah, so that's really what it is. Yeah, right? yeah. Almost, that's kind of the. It's hard. All, I feel like because we're all like either a technician or a manager or whatever, and I, you liked that technical part. So was it an easy transition for you, or was it tough to kind of make that? I think it's more of a mind shift than yeah. anything. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, for me, I guess, um, and this is the good news where I can look back on and go, "Wow, I'm making wiser choices." Right, knowing that it was coming, I started to wean myself off. Mm-hmm. I started to have other coaches sub for me, even though I could have done it. But as I, when I opened up Mission Valley, I was still teaching it. But then it came a point where, wow, this is being, this is I'm, I'm asking coaches to sub for me more and more frequently. So I have to, I have to step back. And then we had a, a guy; he's an amazing coach. His name is Fidel, and he used to be an instructor up at the Sacramento Elk Grove, where my wife Lisa's sister lives. And we went there to do a class. We were visiting. This dude was amazing, amazing coach. We go have breakfast with him after class, and he disclosed to me, hey, I might be moving to San Diego. That's where I'm from. If you need a coach. I said, yeah. Yeah, you never know. So anyhow, long story short, he moves down about a year later. Um, I hire him part-time because I didn't have a full-time position. I said, but be patient, Fidel. I said, because we're working on our third location, and I could fill your plate up once we get there. Well, we're open now. He's, today he's our head coach, and he's an amazing human being, but he's an amazing coach. Awesome. He's an amazing coach. He's a freak athlete, man. This guy is just oh, unbelievable. Awesome. But it's all packaged in humility. That's what I love about him. He's mm-hmm. a humble guy, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Coco, to answer your question, I think uh, for me it was um, I, I gradually weaned myself off of it. Yeah. And now I'm just so invested in just running the organization and having to build the business and pouring into people. I mean, I had to make a shift in 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 – how I manage my time, right? Because I've got more on my plate and to where now I've got key people in positions where I've elevated them in positions of leadership so I can delegate to them so that way it frees me up to do the things that I'm doing. And so now I've got a leadership team of nine people and, you know, I pour into them. I pour into them. Going from being like a small business owner to like a franchise owner, do you really feel that extra support that the franchise model gives you to be able to make those decisions and make those shifts easier than if you were the bookkeeper or having to find your bookkeeper and do the marketing and outsource everything? Has that really given you a lot more support than you had in previous businesses? Yeah. Um, great question. Lots of support from this franchise. Yeah. I've known people that have invested in other franchises. I won't mention them, but mm-hmm. they get zero support from the mm-hmm. from you know they they promise you the moon, they deliver you. That's a the, problem. Yeah, you're basically nothing. just a business yeah. owner. Yeah, so then you're yeah. Back yeah. To, yeah, it's still the franchise, and they're still getting their percentage <laughs> yeah. off the top, and yeah. they're still getting their royalty and whatever else, and pr- you're putting into a marketing fund if they even have one. But Orange Theory really has done it right. They really have done it right. I mean, they give you the playbook and how to. You have to. Be really bad to screw this up. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. screw this up. To which I would say you should That's never. That's pretty been amazing, in business. though, that they can give you that because yeah. it, it helps. You know, I mean, it, oh, no, for, for sure. you guys to be efficient. And I mean, think about it this consistent. way. This is why it's such a great question making that making that leap, that switch. Because that, as a sole proprietor, right, mm-hmm. in a small business with a martial arts studio and a little personal training gym, and then going into a franchise, whereas before it's like I wore all the hats, right? Yeah. I wore all the hats. If I didn't show up, the cash register doesn't ring, right? Mm-hmm. It was dependent on me showing up, right? Um, 
I had a bookkeeper. I didn't have a CPA, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, then my bookkeeper did my taxes, right? Uh, I didn't have a, a you know regular attorney that represented my organization or, or me. Um, I just found one when I needed one, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, today it's totally different. I mean, you, I, I mean, actually have an organization, right? You have an organization, so you know you've got the law firm that represents your interests. You've got the CPA firm that represents you. You know, you've got the people that, in terms of property, with you guys, Coco mm-hmm. and Kenny, in terms of investing in property and, and, and making all the right choices and, and guide me on, you know, on that process on whether it's buying a piece of property or a home or rental or whatever. Uh, and all that entails, mm-hmm. I didn't have that, you know, seven, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And it's hard. Cause like we've, we've had these conversations too with other people. When you're a solopreneur, you don't really have a business. You're just like right. a guy that has to keep working. Otherwise sure. you're not making any money. Yeah, if, you, if you go on vacation, yeah. it stops. And right. now, you can't even yeah. go on vacation. Yeah. That's now you have an actual business yeah. that and you go on vacation. Yeah. You're like, it still or runs. I still make up. money. But yeah. you can yeah. you can say, you know, Joe, yeah. go take care of this. You don't have to stop your vacation, fly back, and be stressed out of your mind. You know? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's the thing. One of my mentors, my business partner Brian, I remember him telling me, you know, negotiating with him, right? And, and, and he's a great guy. You know, I mean, we've all heard horror stories how partnerships. I mean, I, I I had that one. Excuse me, that was really bad. But um, he goes, you know, Billy, the nice thing about about owning your own business in this case, Orange Theory, is People don't understand um, the value and the freedom it can give you, mm-hmm. right? To your point, right? Mm-hmm. We can be in freedom. Hawaii. We can be in Hawaii vacation, and it's not like, oh, snap, I got to make up those hours now because I took time off and I'm not getting paid. And that's fine, right? It's fine. But as an entrepreneur and a business owner now, it, it, it's, it's – um, it doesn't matter where I go, what I do. Well, now I you do. have an actual business. We have an actual business. Yeah. Several of them now, which is That's awesome. Yeah. so cool. No, yeah. Just- yeah. I mean, just uh, – I know Kenny already touched on this, but seeing from where – like what you went through and what you came from, it was just like for us, we talk about how happy we are and like just what you found even. And we haven't gotten there yet with – Lisa and what a great partnership and team you guys seem to be and like all the great things that you're teaching Aiden and yeah. all those no, things. I mean people so. like you know you people get to watch and learn so mm-hmm. people are, everybody's watching yeah. and when the shit's hard they're watching more it's yep. just and then they're gonna learn and then that's why I said is you know that's what they get but um yeah I think for us is people always ask me like what's your why and it's it's freedom yeah freedom to do if I want to go here if I want to go there if I don't want to work I don't have to listen to anybody I mean and that's this is what it is it can be freedom can be like a variety of definitions for people but anybody that's like a Brian and that kind of level it's like that's why it's like he can just whatever he wants to do he can go do now he can do it you know I heard I heard freedom um, described as freedom is having enough time money and resources to to do whatever you want whenever you want mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I mean and I thought wow that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and you know I want to clarify something I said earlier though about about um, not not sacrificing your family on the altar of success and achievement you know there are people that um, that, that didn't lose their family didn't lose their home but they're still sacrificing them mm-hmm. yeah because they're working eight days a week they're missing out on their on their their kids mm-hmm. growing up right um, and that's another covenant that I made with myself and with God is like, look, I'm an all in dad. And in the midst of, and here's the thing, I, I was running a small little business then and lost everything. Now I'm running an organization with 60 plus employees, right? Yeah, more time. Uh, but, but it's all, it's, it's all on how I've managed my time and set my priorities. 
right? Faith, family, and then everything else comes in behind that, right? And, and But I'm also teaching my son, Aiden, who's eight, though. He knows Tuesday night, hey, Dad, you know, um, he knows that Dad goes to his men's group, right? I lead a men's group at The Rock. Uh, he knows that Sunday without compromise is our family day. We go to church. Dad doesn't do any work. I don't fire up the computer if I do. Him and Mom are already in bed if it's, you know, at night. Yeah. But I'm all in with them. I'll take awesome. him surfing or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and he's, and he's, he's growing up with the business, but he's also growing up seeing the family unit, right? Because, yeah. again, I could gain the world and fail as a dad, you know, as a dad. Yeah, and, and 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 be and be a f- utter failure. Oh yeah, it's kind of funny because um, I listen to a lot of you know podcasts and I study a lot of just entrepreneurs just because I it's because of that when somebody is three orange series or twelve orange series or they have a business where there's fifty thousand employees or this and that's the one thing is how do they balance or how do they do this? Yeah, and it's funny because a lot of them say um, as ridiculous as this is going to sound, but you and I would get it is I make appointments. I make an appointment to go on a date with my wife. I make an appointment to go spend time with my kids. I make an appointment, and they're like, to somebody that's maybe W-2, 9 to 5, they go, that's ridiculous. That sounds ridiculous. But to us, it doesn't because if you don't time block or make appointments, then your three years can go by. Like you said, you just worked and you never saw them. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, that sounds bad, but to us, it's just it, that makes sense. Makes total sense. And you know what, though? I mean, and there are <laughs> – Obviously, there are, are many people out there, and that's that's life for them, and that's okay, right? That's yeah, life. That's absolutely. their choice. Yeah. Um, but but for me, for us, right? It's like for, you talked about your appointment on my schedule every Tuesday and Thursday. I know I go to Aiden's Karate, so yeah. I go to Aiden's Karate at four thirty. I leave and I go on Tuesday. I go right to my my men's group at the Rock. Thursday night, I'm there. After we're done, we'll go have dinner together as a family, right? Lisa's day off. She doesn't have to cook that night. We go have dinner as a family. We get home, and, and we do our thing. We tuck the little guy in, right? Um, look forward to the weekends. Love the weekends. Be able to do what we do and stuff on the weekends. Um, and uh, But, yeah, you know, intentional and managing, and managing my schedule. I tell my leadership team, I said, there's two things I look for in, in, in your leadership. Is not only how do you manage the people that you're stewarding, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you manage your own time? Yeah. How do you manage your own time? Because if you can't manage your own time well, how can I tr- expect you to manage these people well, right? Yeah. But if you do manage on the surface, if it appears, hey, I'm managing them well, but you're but you're you're suffering and you're struggling in your personal relationship, your personal it's life. Yeah, you know, some owners, I don't care what's going on in your personal life as long as you produce for me, mm-hmm. great, whatever, and that's fine. That's their model. But for me, it's like I don't want somebody sacrificing their family on the altar of success and achievement working for my organization. It's a good. I like that. That's you know. You know, so I'm intentional about making appointments with my leadership team, one-on-one. How you doing? Let's go grab some coffee. Let's go get a smoothie. And I just, boom, again, people don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. It tells your people that you care about them. And it's not just an exercise for me. I genuinely care about them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then we have our monthly, you know, gatherings and stuff. So Yeah, you're really, I mean, I can tell you're, you just love being a leader and mm. that. So, and you're super passionate about it. So that's like, that comes off. And, and we were, we were talking like that. It's like, if you... If you give a shit in your organization yep. and that's how you lead, everybody else will give a shit. Amen. If you're like, I don't give a shit, they're going to be like, well, I don't give a shit because Billy doesn't give a shit. Right. And we talk about it all the time like with our property manager. It grew and I'm like, Chris is like, I don't understand why. It goes easy because we, we managed their property like it was our own, our own right. money. Mm-hmm. And people saw that and they're like, that's what I want. That's what I want. And it just kept coming and coming. And that's just how we are with life. We're like, we just give a shit. And sometimes – we got, oh, it's, you're taking this too much on. You shouldn't be this much involved. You should give less. We're like, but that's not, we don't rev like that. 
were like parked or give a shit. There's no like, well, I'm going to neutral and not give it. And that's how it is. And that's yeah. just how we, we've, you know, as older I've gotten, I'm like, that's just who I am. I'm not going to like try to not be that way. Yeah. And people were trying to talk us out of like, you guys shouldn't give a shit as much. Well, Literally. we always, Kenny and I always think that we could be doing better. So, I mean, we never think we're doing like a great job at anything. Yeah, it's true. It's, but <laughs> it's one true. thing um, recently that I read a book, um, E-Myth, and I don't know if you've read it before. It's the entrepreneur myth, but mm-hmm. they say run every business like the franchise model. And sure. one of those things about the franchise is when you have those systems in place, you get to have those, like you have a system of doing things. But part of it is the way that you care about your customers, the way that you care about your employees, like those things are part of your business and they're just as important as ringing up the cash register or you know all those kind of financial things so it's really cool to hear that you guys do that and we do run into you from time to time we run into you over at um the barbecue place you know having lunch with your team and you know so yeah yeah wood ranch yeah right right yeah um i wanted to jump into um because we got some other stuff I want to talk about too, but um, I know you mentioned yoga, mm-hmm. so I'll let you kind of just jump into that. But I know how did that how did that come about and yeah, like, yoga where are you guys opening and, you're, 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 and what's the concept and all that. Got an orange stuff. theory that things rock and roll, and then this kind of concept thing, which I've got to experience, which is kind of crazy. But you can kind of go into new concept, what's it about, and it's kind of crazy sounding. But mm-hmm. it's when I went and did it, it's it's definitely uh, challenging. Yeah, but I just think it's people look for stuff that's different. Yoga has been done the same damn way for I don't know how long. And this is like yoga, you know, and a new concept on steroids. And I think a lot of people are going to get more out of yoga, you know. Yeah. 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 Great question. You know, um, you know, for me, Orange Theory, it's, you know, I'm I'm at my limit with Orange Theory because we had three licenses. We got them all three open. There's still a. A possibility we might be able to open up a fourth studio. Mm-hmm. Not sure if it happened in Pacific Beach. Um, it is part of our. T- it is our territory, but we're just not sure if, if it's going to happen. Um, but the whole yoga thing is, um, and I'm not even what you consider a yogi, right? My background yeah. martial arts and fitness. Yeah. Um, but I used to do yoga regularly when I was doing martial arts. But it's been years since since I practiced. And um, I got a buddy of mine who's a distributor for fitness equipment, and he was telling me, he calls me up one day, same guy told me about Orange Theory, right? <laughs> good friend. And so he's like, good. <laughs> he's like, hey, uh, he's like, are you at, your com- at a computer? I said, as a matter of fact, I am. He goes, why? And he goes, hey, go check out this, this website. So I did, and I'm, I'm scrolling through the website, and, and, I, and I saw this technology on this website, and I was like, holy cow. And then the gears started spinning, right? Started spinning, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. We could use this doing yoga. It would be great. Look at all the benefits. I mean, yoga itself already benefits the oh, body, right? Whether it's be, yeah. if it's someone's spirituality, whether it's mind-body connection, whether it's just you know being loose and limber, all flexibility, stuff, yeah. all those different things. I said, but gosh, how this benefits the body in addition to the ancient practice of yoga? What do you think? So I just kind of put it out there, and um, I told him. I told him on the phone. I said, hey. I'm, I'm going to do something. It's like, what? I said, I got a, I got a, an idea for a business, startup business. And I told him about it. He goes, dude, you're crazy. I said, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You want to help me? What do you need? And I, I told him what I need. I said, and it got quiet. I said, hey, listen, tell me yes or no. Because to me, a maybe is a no. So yes or no. He goes, yes, but I'm going to need this, this, and this. I said, done. So in two weeks, we got a business plan, a prospectus. We had a pro forma in 30 days uh, together. I just wow. And then I just started strategically targeting three people, 
just three people. Obviously, my business partner, two other people that I felt might be a good fit. Because in business, as you guys know, if I'm going to partner with somebody, I'm really, really careful on who I choose to do business with. Absolutely. Especially because of what I experienced before. right? And so it's easy to get into relationships. It's a different thing to get out of them once you're in. So anyhow, bounce it off. And then uh, my business partner with Orange Sirius said, I'll do this. He goes, Bill, you got me to the altar again. So (laughs) um, anyhow, so that was a, a year ago last August. Uh, we did a concept studio for about six months and brought on two other people to be my director of, uh, of, of yoga and teacher training and then brought in another partner to be um, director of, of program and development uh, so I can delegate some things too. Mm-hmm. And um, we did that concept studio, which you came and tried out, and we had about 100 sessions go through there. And uh, the, the feedback was, was overwhelmingly positive. So now here we are getting ready to open up our first location, and we're excited. Can you kind of describe um, whatever you want to say, how it's different from yeah. the headphones, which is weird. You walk in, what do you mean we're putting headphones on? Okay, yeah. to the vibrating mat um, and just the overall experience and what somebody – uh, is going to expect when they go in there? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we're utilizing aerospace technology that was designed Crazy. for astronauts, right? You know, astronauts would go out in space and in a zero gravity, and they were starting to lose bone density and muscle mass. So they had to come up with, with uh, something to help, at the very least, maintain what they have, not lose. So NASA created In this? that zero gravity, uh, correct. Correct. NASA utilized it. It was, um, and, and uh, some research suggests that that even the former Soviet Union was was part of developing it too as well. So the two countries were wow. were working on this during that space race. And so flash forward today, flash forward to 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 today. Wow, say that three times. I can't even say it. I can't even say it once. And that's just water, right? Uh, so, um, um, that's awesome. so anyhow. Um, They've been using this technology to train thoroughbred racehorses. I think three of the last four Kentucky Derby winners, their trainers train them on these massive vibrating plates, That's these horses. Wow. Um, they train it for elite athletes, world-class athletes, for, for human performance and strength training. Um, and then they, they chiropractors use them for, for joint and back pain and stuff. Um, older population, they've had huge success in helping. They, some, some are coining it the, the anti-aging uh, technology because of how good it makes them feel. So flash forward to today, I said, wow, we can do these yoga on these and see the benefits of it. You know, it, it aids with osteoporosis and, and bone density. It helps to st- uh, stimulate your metabolism. It, it drains your lymphatic system. It reduces the stressful hormone cortisol and it increases the more youthful hormones and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there's just so many benefits to where I said, you know what? I can help more people. I'm doing my thing with Orange Fitness and helping people change people's lives, right? Um, I can do more in an industry that's not even tapped into like the fitness industry is, right, um, with this with this model. And so we're real excited, and, uh, you know, we're looking forward to opening up our flagship studio uh, probably late May, early June. Wow, that's coming up quick. It is, yes. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So are you going to be doing – are you thinking of doing, like, a franchise model with this? And if so, like, even just coming up with the idea because you're talking about how you put together the prospectus, and it seems like you had a really – thought through the steps that you had to take to bring this studio to life Mm. did that did orange theories kind of model help you and kind of being part of that to bring this idea forward yeah you know um great question 
of course, Orange Theory's model helped. Yeah, helped in, in, in me formulating the vision, yeah. the model for 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 this this yoga studio. But Orange Theory's helped a lot of businesses um, formulate their franchise model for whatever it may be. There are a lot of uh, in the fitness industry now. There's F45. Um, there's a I mean, one they're called a billion Burn. dollar company now, right? Orange Theory Fitness is yeah, yeah, yeah. twenty two countries and all fifty wow. state all fifty states are sold. And so over 1,500 licenses. I think we're over 1,000 locations open. And so, yeah. So, I mean, they just, they just I mean. You know it just I mean? seems like anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or who is and is struggling could really benefit from being in a franchise model to learn every step. Go run one. Because yeah. we're always, as entrepreneurs, like reinventing the wheel. Yeah. But there are so many people who already have this whole system set that could be applied to yeah. any business. Yeah. Yeah, if you follow the playbook, you know, again, you got to like really screw up to screw it up. You know yeah. what I mean? And so if, when you think about it, 10 years ago, you didn't hear about all these franchises. Just five years ago, you didn't hear about, I mean, outside of fast food chains and things like that. I mean, there, there, are, there are franchises out there for like to sell blinds. There are franchises out there for um, for, for makeup, right? Yeah. There are franchises out there for you name it, cleaning services. And so I think that, um, you know, over the last decade, for sure, for us, for the, over the last six, seven years, we've seen a, a huge surge in franchise model business opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because uh, even Ty Lopez, <clears throat> he made a comment that the business, the best businesses are the franchise models. They, they're the most successful yeah. when you overlook it all. Um, well, I, I forget what the numbers were, but in that myth book which I would recommend anybody to read it's a really amazing read but they say like what almost 90% of small businesses fail and like the number of franchises that fail is so small it's crazy it's like in the teens or something like that probably fails is mismanagement or somebody stealing too much money or too much personal you know just something crazy like that yeah there there's several factors that play into that because that's also another great point um coco and candy when i first looked at orange street fitness um there are only 29 locations open right and they're only open in in florida florida colorado and arizona were the only states that were open and they had sold one master franchise license to canada that market was open right so so we've got license number 112 113 114 so we got in early right um but when i looked at the 29 are open there were two at the bottom and i'm just like what's wrong with these how come these are performing so bad and they said well this one here is just poor management they're just it's not run well the, the owner won't won't spend the money that they recommend at the time spend five thousand dollars a month on marketing he's putting that money in his pocket he's not marketing okay bad mistake guy shouldn't be in business mm-hmm. um the other one the this person hired all his family you know <laughs> and friends and i go oh man yeah you know and so um you want to keep your family don't hire them uh, it, 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 fortunately for me it's worked out for my two adult kids that's a different story you know but but you got to treat it, it like a business, right? Though. You do have yeah. to treat it like a business, yeah. and we've talked about that. I've yeah. got boundaries up, even with my adult kids, and they know Absolutely. that. Um, and so, um, those two, they weren't investing the money in to market the business, and the other ones, he just had, a, you know, it was just bad operator. There was another one though, too, a third one that wasn't performing um, very well either, and that was an absentee owner. Now, now, there's nothing wrong, you know. We all know people that invest in companies, and they're not they're not involved in it, right? My but it business, wouldn't be recommended right from the get, right? Like, exactly, you'd have yeah. To, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. my business partner Brian, he doesn't he has nothing to do with but our organization, but he had me exactly. to run. So essentially, he was investing in me, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Investing in You're me. The CEO. He was just right, and, yeah. right, and so what happens is when you've got owner, um, owner, non-operator, 
Now you're relying in your absence. You're just there counting the beans, right? You're hiring people hoping that they're going to take extreme ownership. Great book. I recommend everybody read extreme ownership in running that business as if it were their own. And nobody cares as much as the owner. Right. I mean, you can't expect them to. Right. So yeah. right. So corporates, the Orange City corporates had to had to buy back a couple of uh, locations from that were just weren't performing. It's bad for the brand, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean the brand or the model doesn't work. It's just the wrong people were running it. Yeah. yeah. But very few out of a oh. thousand plus locations it's, now. Yeah, it's a yeah. huge success. I mean, these guys, the 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 the, the founders, the, the the CEO Dave Long and and Ellen, the creator and founder of it, and Jerome Kern, who they, who launched this business, they're amazing, and, and they had. A tracker record of success prior to it, and um, and they took a concept and turned it into Orange Theory, and the rest is history. And it's a billion dollar company, and like I said, twenty two countries, and it's just you know I got more to go. It's crazy. What um kind of uh start switching gears here, but what advice would you give to somebody that might be listening to this that is possibly you know maybe they're going to go start an orange theory somewhere else or another franchise or they're going to be an entrepreneur and not do a franchise and start their own fitness like what is this you know what is this some of the advice you can give them based on all of your your track record and what you've done and ups and downs and failures and success like what yeah. would you give them yeah you know you, you got to do your due diligence right you don't just want to jump into something blind um and even when you you do your due diligence find two to three trusted advisors right we call them mentors right Mm -hmm. but people that you trust and you give them permission to ask a tough question too you got to get your ego out of the way and you 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 present them with this 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 business uh opportunity that 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 you're you know considering doing right uh you don't want to do it and then find yourself in trouble sinking and then go find those people and say hey how do i get out of it no (laughs) you want right right because no one's going to jump in the boat with you when it's sinking right yeah um, so you want to find two to three trusted people that you can go to that uh, have a strong business acumen, track record of mm-hmm. success, right? Um, in the areas of whether it's business ops, whether it's legal, whether it's sales and marketing, okay. you know, uh, all those different facets. Find people that have the, that are that are experts and, and professionals in those areas, and and uh, and bounce it off of them. Get their advice and listen. Listen. Yeah, listen. That's that's, the, that's a big one. A lot yeah. of people don't. They go and list. They list. They take it, and then they just go do the opposite of what they just said, and then it's a problem. Right, right. So that's I, w- I would say that you know bounce it off some people, um, and then you know do your research. If it's a true startup like mine with the yoga, it's a different story. But I did do my research, you know, because I already had the, the experience on how to how to develop. And running a franchise, which is our, our hope, is that this yeah. is going to turn into a franchise mo- model. Um, but um, but short of that, you know, you have to do your due diligence and all other facets of the business because you don't want to go in it blind as a young entrepreneur. Go, man, if I build it, they'll come. No, right? They won't. That's no, not they, necessarily. Your, your family and friends might come initially, but outside of that, they all want they, you know. Not all, but some of them expect a membership or something for free. It's like that's not going to pay the bills. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so um, you got to have a plan. You got to have a vision. You got to have a plan. You know what I mean. You've got to set short and long term goals, right? Um, and then you got to assemble a team. Yeah, right. A team is so important. I couldn't do what I yeah. do if I didn't have the team that 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 I've been able to assemble. What do you give? Um, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that's uh, struggling right now? Mm. You know that. They could have started a karate studio. They could be in the middle of a karate studio. They could have a yoga studio. They could have any business, you know, like you've been through it. Like they're just, they're, they're having, they're struggling, you know, they're, they're working eight days a week. Like you said, they're just mm-hmm. in the thick of it right now. Right. Um, 
whether it's like mentally anything like what what do you what advice would you give to somebody you know good bad or other what would you if somebody sit down and say hey billy i'm struggling this and that like you know cut the cord do this like how do you, I'm sure people are getting, asking you for more advice now. Like, sure. What, what do you kind of? How are you? What do you? What are you saying to them if you're the mentor? You know. Yeah, great question. You know, it, it depends on the situation, right? Let's say that the business is just struggling in general, yep. right? Uh, you got to ask yourself. I would ask about. Well, have you identified why why the business is struggling? Okay. Uh, are you willing to take ownership of that if you are an owner operator? You know. Take ownership of that. Okay, then you. If you are right, some people are in denial. Right, they want to deflect. It's a, I got the wrong. This person here, who hired them? Okay, you did. All right, it all comes. Always comes. It always comes back to you, right? Yeah. It comes back to you. It's and always so, your fault, right? Right. It's, it's, and yeah. so, um, once you you do those things, then you have to formulate a plan. What's my action plan to get turn this thing around? And then I talked about those two or three trusted advisors. Hopefully, they they, they have at least one. Go to that person and ask that person. Like you said, people come to me all the time now, right? And, and, and ask me those types of questions. But then go to those people and ask them, all right? You got to get yourself out of the way, right? You got to humble yourself, right? You want to be edified? Humble yourself. Mm-hmm. Life itself will humble you but if you don't humble yourself. And then you'll be edified. It'll come and happen organically. And so, yeah, I would, I would look at those things. Identify why it's struggling. Take ownership of why it's struggling. You got to look at yourself first and not start pointing the finger, Right. And then go get some wise counsel. Go get some wise counsel. And then come up with a plan and execute that plan. You know, this book I talked about, um, Extreme Ownership, one of the things I do with my leadership team is last year I started this and having to make this shift with my schedule and delegation and stuff. Um, John Maxwell, one of his books I read, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. One of the chapters in there talks about explosive growth. How do you achieve explosive growth in your organization? And it's identifying people in your organization that have leadership potential and then it's pouring into them point into them so then you and then you teach them how to identify people under their stewardship to that has leadership potential and teach them to pour into them right and so it's multiplication by point into people right and it creates and it's working for me it's working for me right and so um i had my team go through this book extreme ownership and at our monthly meetings we would go through our, our meeting and then at the end we this book had 12 chapters so one through three we would talk about it everybody had to had to identify one thing that spoke to them and how they intend to apply that to their leadership, right? That's cool. That's and then the like next that. month, Smart. it was chapters four, right. five, and six. And we went through the entire book last year. And um, there's a section in there called Prioritize and Execute. And all of us as entrepreneurs, you know what it's like? Some people, you don't want to go into business because of the glory of saying I own a business, right? Because just like the ups, there are going to be some downs. There's always going to be setbacks, right? It's part of life, but they don't have to keep you back. In this book, it talked about prioritize and execute. And I tell my leaders all the time, you have your daily grind, right? The mundane of coming in, checking the numbers, running reports, checking in with your staff, doing whatever it is, customer service issues, whatever, or the financials, all that stuff. But seemingly out of nowhere, which we know it's not out of nowhere, but one, two, three things will come and just hit you, boom, boom, boom. And your team's looking at you. How are they going to respond? How are they going to handle this? That's where prioritize and execute comes into play. You have to take those three things that just came on your plate. You have to hit the pause button on your daily grind, and you got to look at these, and you have to prioritize them, and you got to execute a plan and get them off your desk so you continue on your path. And that spoke loud to me and to, right. our, to our team. Yeah. So um, for the young entrepreneur, you got to identify those issues, and you have to prioritize them because if you try to fix them all at the same time, it's going to overwhelm you. Well, that's what happens, right? It's yeah. like you're juggling all these balls, and then before you know it, all those things you were supposed to do get pushed aside because of those emergencies that came up. Yeah. And 
And then it's like you try again tomorrow, but then those things come up. And exactly, and it'll wear yeah. you down. It'll wear you down, you know. And then, and then if you're if you're fortunate enough to have, if if you're if you're an organization organization of one, okay, fine. But still, look for people outside your organization that you can confide in. But if you have people under your stewardship, delegation, boom. It's 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 it's, it's those leaders or those entrepreneurs that want to hold on to everything. And like Ellen, the creator of Orange Fitness, it took them a while for her to finally let go of, of what was called Ellen's Ultimate Workout in South Florida because someone approached and says, you've got something I think is franchisable. She's like, what do I care about franchise? She was a huge success. I'm printing my own money back here, so to speak. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm doing, I'm crushing it. I'm like, no, you need to meet my husband. Finally, after a month or two down the road of being asked that she finally agrees to meet with them, the rest is history. But but they, I remember them telling the story in a panel, the three of them going, yeah, but Ellen didn't want to give us the baby, though. Give us the baby. And now, you know, it's a billion-dollar company, right? And Forbes magazine so cool. and Business yeah. Inc. and you name it, all these publications. So, yeah. Um, what's your why? Why do I do what I do, right? Um, I love helping and pouring into people. You know, there's a great quote. I heard years ago, and um, it goes like this. It says, there's no greater feeling. I would change there's no greater feeling. That's, I would, and I would say that it's a great feeling to know that you had helped another human being achieve something they would have never achieved had it not been for your influence. Yeah. And I loved that, and I'm living that today. I'm living that today because I'm able to be a steward over all the people that 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 um, that our organization employs, right, and pour into them, and I get to watch the fruit of my labor pouring into them as they pour into the people that that, that they're stewarding, right? Mm-hmm. That's like your favorite part of that. I That's love it. I that. love seeing people become something they would never become had it not been for me. It might just be one conversation, and you know what I mean, that just clicked and it was a turning point in their life, you know. What I mean? And so, it's it's you know, I'll tell you a quick story. This is just maybe we'll, we'll get it to those that are listening. Uh, I've I, and this is just one of, of a handful of stories, but I had an employee that was one of my original guys on our team in La Jolla when we started, you know, six and a half years ago, and he was great. And then one day he comes to me and he's all nervous. He's all nervous, and I could, I, I, I could tell he's like, this is uncomfortable for him. And he goes, "Hey, Billy, can I talk to you?" And I say, "Sure." And he's he's wiping his hands, got sweaty palms. <laughs> and I'm like, "What's going on?" You know. It's like, and so we go in the office, close the door, and he goes, "Man, I don't know how to tell you this." I said, and I just put my hand on his shoulder. I said, "Michael, it's okay. It's just me. Tell me, how bad can it be?" And he goes, "Well, um, I wanted to let you know that that um, I got offered another job." And I can look at his face, going, "Wow, how's he going to take it?" And I said, "Awesome! Congratulations!" Yeah. Right. He's, he's, he, and he perked up. Is like, you know, he expected me to have a different response. And he goes, wow. And you're okay with that? I said, no. But congratulations. I mean, you're a great employee, Michael. More than that, you're a great person. Yeah, and it's going to be a big loss. But I'm excited for you. It's a new journey for you. I'm excited for you. And you know the door is always open for you. And he's like, wow, Billy. He goes, I was stressing for nothing. I said, yes, uh, you were. Yes, you were. Yeah. And you know what? He, to this day... He's, he's kept in contact with me here uh-huh. and there. In fact, I, I, one of the greatest honors is when he contacted me last year and said, hey, Billy, Maria and I are getting married, and would you marry us? Wow. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of relationship where I'm like, yes, I did enough things right in th- with, with this relationship to where he, you know, he thought that Billy much. Billy married us. Yes. I married you guys. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it, it's um, – it's those kinds of stories, and he and he. I remember him telling me his last day. He goes, Bill, I just want to let you know. He goes, this is a tough one. He's a young guy. He goes, I haven't had many jobs, but of the ones I had, this is the toughest one to leave because 
I just I enjoyed coming to work. I enjoyed coming That's to work. Awesome. And you know what? There's a lot of people out there that that you know, for whatever reason, they just they've got a heavy-handed boss, or they just they're overworked and underpaid and underappreciated, you know, stuff. And to hear that to a guy who was making not much more than minimum wage, right? To say that, I was just like, yes, you know, that's cool. So, that's very cool. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I kind of wanted to jump. Like one of the things, like I said, since I've been around like ten years, the one cool thing um, is the way you've been and just like I said to me it's been consistent but obviously now you've had success so when you have success you're able to offer opportunities to mm-hmm. you know, employees or family um, so one of the things I want to just ask you about is um, Lisa obviously we all love Lisa but I know for Crystal it's like an important role in my life and business and it's just it's a partnership so um, a lot of people don't experience that because they don't work together or live together. It's always together. It's, um, you know, we're here and then we go to work and then we come back. So how's Lisa kind of played a role, you know, now in your life and business and what, what kind of role does she have? And then also <clears throat> your kids, they've really like turned, it's crazy. Just like, I know you said you were selling them, they're struggling and hurting, but now when I see them, it's like, they're not struggling, hurting, and mm. I think they just look up to you, and you give them this an opportunity instead of them saying like being mad at you or you did this. It's like they've just they're thriving in it. Yeah, and yeah. it's and I told you it's like if I'd have been like, hey Christian, you're gonna be a trainer at Orange <laughs> in ten years, he'd be like, hell no, no, right? I'm, I'm being a rock, rock star. Yeah. I'm gonna be a rock yeah, star, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So just kind of those two different topics, but just kind of like talk about the family dynamic, and then you have you know then you have Aiden that's kind of growing up with seeing all this and been a part of the change and seeing the family like it's just it's kind of cool to watch yeah um thank you for asking that because that that is that is the most important component of everything that i do um you know is is my family you know and so um you know when i met lisa she was working in in a company and I mean, do we know anybody today that's been with the same company for eighteen years? She was Don't with come the, by it very right? often. She yeah. was she was with the same company for well. at that time eighteen years, right? And uh, and when I met her, it was funny. I think of that scene in in um, it was a Social Network, the Facebook movie, yeah, where Justin Timberlake is is in a room and the girl goes in another room and he's like, "Hey, can I use your computer?" And she's like, "Sure." And she goes, "By the way, I never asked you what you did. What do you do?" And he's like, "I'm an entrepreneur." <laughs> and she puts her head. She goes, "So does that mean you're broke?" <laughs> and so, yeah. So when I when Lisa oh, asked me, God. "What do you What do you do?" Oh. and I said, "Well, I'm an entrepreneur at the time, manure." Yeah, I was <laughs> manure, broke, right? Manure. I was full of poop. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, her being corporate side and me being an entrepreneur, uh, it was tough. And I was a broke entrepreneur at that time, right? I mean, I was just coming out of my divorce and tough. just you know working. Just got that karate gig, and it was awesome. And and I was even teaching Sunday school at the church, and they gave me a little stipend, so I was excited. Yay! Here's some like movie money or dinner night out because every penny I met went made uh, went to my support and alimony. Yeah. Um, but. It was it was tough for her the transition, but now she's all in. Now she's all in because again the corporate side, right? She was seven to five, you know, like clockwork, and I was just like, boom, man, moving like we're here, you know. It's, it's like the swells over here now. I'm going over here. Oh, the waves are over here now. I'm going over here, right? If I can use a, a surfing analogy, yeah. but it was like you go where the surf is. Um, for me, it was just uh, I was just chasing the opportunities, and I was trying to make the most of the opportunities that were given with me with the little studio sporting club and in the karate studio 
And uh, but Lisa slowly but surely started to buy in, and when she saw Orange Theory, I saw her take such pride of ownership of that first little studio. When people, I had so many naysayers, and again, I'd been in La Jolla at that time working with my karate studio and doing all the things I did around town for about 15 years. And people would say, Billy, you're so crazy. There's so much competition in here. I remember that. Right? Yeah. And I yeah. said, oh, you just wait and see. You just wait and see. And then here we are today, and it's we've, I've seen a lot come and go, and it's sad. You know, when you see a young entrepreneur open a, a, a studio or a business, and, and they've got, you know, nobody opens it expecting to fail. Especially you, in a La Jolla, right? some of those areas, it's, you see them, it's like. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. It's like well, I do, think, I do think that little pocket of La Jolla is tough because. It's so hard to get in and out. There's only so many people that live right you, in you there. You either hit it you know, or it's you like, either it's either a winner or it's a total loser. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and the other thing yeah. is too is 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 I think uh, relationships are a huge component of success. And I had, sure. I had galvanized a lot of relationships in La Jolla, people sure. that knew me, the locals that yeah. knew me, and they were willing to, to take a risk with me, trust That's me cool. with this new model, right? Yeah. And if I if I was a nobody that just knew to town, I wouldn't have those relationships. Yeah. I wouldn't have those. So anyhow, she's bought in to where now um, another chapter in that book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, is the law of the buy-in, getting people to buy into what you're doing, your vision, right? Buying uh-huh. it. And Lisa finally started to buy into it, and now she's all in, and she's she's a huge part of it. You know, She still has the freedom to be able to take Aiden to school and take him to piano and to karate and tutoring and do all those things but she also still participates and helps helps with the business sometimes it's at night she's got to get a computer and she's answering emails and she's working with our our, our marketing team and promotion teams and all of our our business she's relationships in she she's in it, it right so and every now and awesome. then she, and every now and then she likes to tell husband what to do and I'm like, <laughs> and she's like you may be ceo out there but at home i'm the ceo <laughs> yep, like, but okay. that is yeah. You know what uh, Dobson said years ago? He goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I wear the pants in my in my marriage, but Shirley, his wife, she tells me which ones to wear. Yeah. yeah. So, anyhow. It um, is really cool to see how Lisa, because I mean, I know that when Lisa met you, you were at one of your like lowest points. Yeah. And to see what like a partner she's been with you and like how supportive she's been, but then also how you've been such a leader for your family. Mm-hmm. It's just like really cool to see and, guys, I mean it's something that we would emulate for any like for any marriage I just think because it, how you come out in those hard times is really telling of your relationship and it's yeah. really built such a foundation and it's it's just like I'm so happy for you to awesome. have found that kind of a partnership and it's really blossomed like and it, it just works really well and and to see Aiden too because nobody's met maybe not everybody's met Aiden but he's like the cutest kid and yeah at, I think yeah. it was your birthday or Lisa's birthday the speech that he gave was mm. better than any adult yeah I mean most adults that I would see I think people are crying so just, and yeah yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's he's quite the little guy we're just talking yesterday that um and when people talk to them, it's like think they're talking to a little adult. It's yeah. it is amazing. It's teachers. But it's you guys. Everything. Yeah. But you guys have done an amazing job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, dude, our job is just not to screw it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but no, thank you for that. But but Lisa's the best partner ever. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if she, you know, wasn't able to do what she's doing. It allows me to do. I have such peace of mind. When we go our separate way in the morning and stuff, and um, and we come back together, I'm so I have such peace of mind because I know that our son's in the best of care, right? He's at a great school, and um, and then when we come back together, you know what I mean? And we catch up, and um, when we're at home though, we're family, we're at home, and then uh, once we put Aiden down, then we can talk about business if we need to talk yeah. about business. Um, 
because we talked about this last week, um, and actually we got a lot of feedback. Crystal and I are open about we were very open about our relationship and that um, you should invest in your relationship and you should you know we have a counselor. It's not that we sometimes we just don't see eye to eye or mm. we're just like when Harlow came in our life, we're like, why don't we go talk to somebody and talk it through? Like, and we did. And he's like, why are you guys here? We're like, we want to be proactive. And he's like, that's why I love you guys. It's mm. like, I'm not going to wait till the problem. Let's like talk about what stuff could be a problem. And that's how we are. But how have you guys, um, because you know, it's been up and down. And even for us, like when you push yourself and we're growing and we're, we're doing things entrepreneur, like, we put pressure on ourselves. It could be financial or this to go to the next level and people don't see it because it's not on them. It's on us. And we do it to ourselves. Like, but we, um, we know how we get through it. We figured out a way and how we do it. And we're very consistent with that. Um, and so how are you guys, how have you guys got through the ups and downs? Is there any tricks or tips or secrets that you guys have or how you do it? Because obviously you were here, now you're here and you guys gone through this whole thing. It's like nothing. We always say, it's never perfect. It's not always, oh, this is every day's great. It's a relationship. It's work. Mm. But we're committed, you know? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, I love what you said, though. It's a relationship. It is work. Mm-hmm. But you finished it by saying, but we're committed. Yep. Right? That commitment is, is huge. It's huge, you know? Um, you know, for us, obviously, everything is, uh, starts and begins with our faith, right? Lisa yep. and I have, have, a, um, have a joint faith, you know, as, as, as Christians. Uh, and we... Um, we're real intentional with, with that. You know what I mean? Our quiet time, our devotion time together as husband and wife, our own individual time, and then we come together as a family. So we model that for Aiden, our son, right? Um, but in addition to that, uh, we are intentional about having date time, dates, date, you know, date night out, mm-hmm. right? Going out and going to a movie. Um, the other nice thing about, about, about you know, being an entrepreneur, being in business, and having achieved some level of success, that freedom we talked about, is that the middle of the day, we say, hey, what are you doing? Let's go grab lunch. We go have, grab lunch and just connect right there, right? And we can yeah. spend an hour or two yeah. in the middle of the, Right? You do that, right? And I call – I tell guys that come in our, into my men's group that are struggling in relationships. I said – you know, I'll ask them, well, so when was the last time you went on a date? You know? I don't know. And I started asking these questions. I said, look, here's the thing. If you're not making deposits in mm-hmm. your marital mm-hmm. bank, eventually you become overdrawn and bankrupt. Mm-hmm. To which I would say it's very difficult Bam. to recover from. Yep. You have to make deposits in those meaningful relationships, starting with your marriage, starting with your kids, and then every, everything else, right? And so for, for, for Lisa and I, we're very intentional in making sure that, that we're taking vacations, we're getting away, we're connecting when we can in the middle of the day, you know, and just hitting the pause button on everything else. Um, and just and just point into our relationship. You know, when we first were uh, before we got married, we went and saw a counselor too because we wanted to. We wanted Smart. them to help uh, her to help us um, co-mingle with my two adult kids. We didn't have any yeah. then. You know, That's I had true. two adult kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so That's a big deal. Yeah. And then we were talking about having a child of our own, and so that was something that that we went to. And every now and then we'd go get a tune-up with her. We'd see her up, hey, you know, and just help us, you know, have that third party who kind of knows our history, our background, and 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 um, is not going to sugarcoat things. And and we give them give her permission to. We're totally transparent, right? Yep. We're not firing missiles at each other, but we're just and we and we give her permission to ask those tough questions. And so, um, yeah, if you need to bring a third party in, someone that's trust, you know, a trusted advisor, if you will, that's helped you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but you have to invest in your relationships, especially your marriage. 
just like anything like we said if you don't work on your business it's not going to thrive if you don't work on your relationships it's right the same. and if you don't yeah. work on yourself i think it's mm-hmm. the same thing same. you get your you know i call it my me time then i think you eventually you don't make deposits for yourself yeah you start dwindling you know you yeah start, how can you be a leader in your household or somebody great if you're not taking care of you first yeah it's really hard yeah i so said that's that's another good point you know you Making sure that you're making those deposits in those those other relationship banks, right? But then investing in yourself, right? Yep. So I know you guys are both active. I got to get my workout in like four or five days a week. I'll go surfing. If the surf's no good, that's an opportunity for me to journal or read or maybe, you know what I mean? To just be there in the quietness with my thoughts and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's so important. I'm investing in myself. I'm reading books, right? I'm mm-hmm. doing devotions. Um, those are so important things to do to reflect, you know what I mean, and stuff, and, and pouring yourself both emotionally, physically, spiritually, if you have a spiritual walk. Um, and then and then knowledge that Ray Bentley years ago said, one of the one of the greatest mistakes as, as a as a people that we can make is to cease from being teachable or coachable. In other words, once That's we do that, 100%. it's like, wait a minute, you must know everything then, right? Mm-hmm. No one does, right? But it's like you, you can't teach me or show me anything. That's the beginning of the demise, of, unfortunately, of that person, and it's going to permeate and have a ripple effect on all the relationships. So um, staying open to, to being coachable. You know, ABC, you know, in, in sales stands for always be closing, right? ABC. Yeah. But in my line of work working with instructors and coaches, ABC also stands for always be coaching. For my leaders, you've got to look for those opportunities to coach those people that you're stewarding, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, but you have to invest in yourself. you got to have me time. If you had a time travel, Chip, and you can go back in time and sit here like this and have a conversation <clears throat> with your 21-year-old self, How would, what would that look like? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. I did have that conversation with myself in my early 20s. Um, it was before marriage. It was before, you know, the broken brokenness of, of all that. Um, but that was when I found myself at my lowest point as an individual, you know, in my early 20s. Um, you know, we haven't talked about it, but I'll share it real quickly. I mean, I found myself in my early 20s weighing about 122 pounds. Wow. Um, I was struck out on meth and been up for three days straight. And that's, that's, that, that, was a, that was a decade journey starting from age 10, more than that, to my early 20s, actually about yeah, 12 years. Yeah, I was wondering years. if you're going to talk about this. That's cool. Yeah. 12 years. And so it's, you know, age 10 I was introduced to drugs, and it sent me on a path of destruction for about 12 years. Of, of of being in um you know being in bondage to my addiction of drugs and uh i just remember sitting there and seeing my reflection in in this glass table and i just started crying i just the dark circles around my eyes i was hallucinating been up for three days i like i said man i, I just I, I i didn't like what i saw when i saw my reflection there and i had a moment where i was just like i don't like who i've become i don't mm-hmm. like my life you know, and uh, where I'm at. And so I cried out to a God I didn't know at that time and said, God, I, I, I believe you're real. I believe there's a God. And if you can hear me, would you please help me? Look at my life. I've made a mess of it. I'm a drug addict. I don't want to be. I said, um, I said, if I continue down this path, I'm going to end up either dead or in jail, neither of which I want to, to go through. And I said this verbatim. I said, um, I believe I can have a better life. I just don't know how to get there. I've tried to quit so many times, God. And um, wow, um, I've not been able to. 
would you please help me? And I actually had an old rusty razor blade, and I'm trying to cut my wrist, and it wouldn't wow. break skin. Wow. And I just started crying. I just started crying. And, um, and then there was a series of circumstances. That's how God works. You just kind of lift it up to him. There's a series of circumstances that took place that led me to a detox center in Alcohol. And I walked in there, and um, they had a bed available for me. They had one bed. And I remember calling my brother, and I said, Hey, Andy, I said, Do you please come pick up my truck? He's like, Why? What's wrong? I said, I'm going into this detox center. I, I, this is my last, my only shot. And um, come get my truck because I'm going to end up dead or in jail. And I, I got to get clean, man. I got to get clean. And so, anyhow. God heard that cry for help, and so even though I've had some setbacks in my faith, you know, and stuff, but I'm all in today, and in His grace and mercy, He heard my cry for help, and uh, if, 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 if someone listening to this is, finds himself in a difficult situation, if you take anything away, um, you know, faith is, sub, is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I had hope in a God I didn't know, and I, and I was looking for some evidence that I couldn't see. And man, he showed up in a big way. And so, if you take away anything, take away that man. You just either you, you, for me, it was truly cry for help. And so, and here I am today. You know what I mean? It's yeah, um, thanks for sharing that. That's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, and now my my I'm committed the back to the why. It's just <clears throat> committed to pouring into people. I tell people all the time that that either answer an ad or want to want to come work for us and um, after you go through the whole hey are they qualified okay on paper they're qualified you do the interview process and and then they sometimes you get some people that would just be really upfront and say hey look I, I want to I'm looking for a management position and I'll say look I can't promise you anything but an opportunity what you do with it, it's up to you right because I don't believe opportunities are ever lost they're just taken by someone else they're just taken by someone else you know opportunities don't go away they're just yep. taken by someone else so um that's the only promise that I uh, that I or guarantee that I give to the people that I, that that um, I steward is an opportunity. So, what um so what's next for you over the next twelve months? Yeah, um, well, the next twelve months is uh, personally for us. We're you're hoping to move. You know, Lisa and I, uh, you know, being able to enjoy the fruits of your labor. You know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Been in a season of harvest now for a couple of years, so that opens up opportunities. So we're hoping to move into a, a you know a bigger home, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, as it relates to you know continue to take in surfing and doing all the things that that I do as a dad and as a husband. But as it relates to business, obviously um, our orange theories are going well, um, and it's just it's it's pouring into developing a whole nother team uh of people uh, for this yoga studio and seeing where that goes and then i continue to do my thing i mean I'm, I'm, i've um we didn't get into it too much but another thing i think that was has been really important for me in terms of investing in those relationships me time and stuff is uh, is also um uh volunteer work so i've been the director of the men's ministry at the rock church for two years That's awesome. and then i also sit on the board of the business leaders um, um business leaders and entrepreneurs committee so I was part of a group that was asked to be to develop this for Pastor Miles, and it's been great. So, so I give time there too as well to mm-hmm. pour into, to, to to just kind of disconnect from my life and everything I'm doing. And Lisa and I both do it together. You know, we're involved in that, and so and Aiden, we're modeling that for Aiden as well. So, very cool. What, what um, last question? What impact do you want to have on the world? Yeah, that's a great question. What impact do I want to have on the the world? Um. 
Well, that's a good question because sometimes I've you know been asked the question, what do you want to be remembered by, right? What's your legacy? But I think the impact implies, um, well, just that, the impact, right? I said earlier I love what I, I, that I get to do what I do because I'm having an impact mm-hmm. pouring into people, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to continue on that journey and, and have a positive impact and be a positive influence in the lives of as many people as I can and, um, and then uh, be a kingdom builder be a kingdom builder because we're just passing through I'm just passing through this is not my home and so if I can impact as many people as I can on this journey and be able to still reap the harvest that we're reaping you know what I mean that all takes this taking care of itself that's what I've learned it's, that's all taking care of itself so I'll leave you with this I share this with my leaders I say we're all in the people business right we're all in the people business learn and train yourself regularly how to be the best at being and interacting with other people and everything else will take care of itself whatever that means and so that's that's what i intend to continue to do is just to pour into people pour into people i think it to me it means be the best you so then you can be the best everybody else amen yeah yeah Yeah. so you guys can go check out billy's got three orange theories uh la jolla Mission Valley UTC, and mm-hmm. then the yoga studio will be open in Buen Paseo in Del Mar, the new development, Hopefully which May is June. crazy. Yep. May, June. Yeah. May, somewhere in June. Cool. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, Billy. Thanks awesome. for coming Thank in for and sharing me. your story. Yeah. It's awesome. Of course. Pleasure being here. Thank you. Okay. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.